Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms, mm-hmm. two uh, fictional worlds, sure, and um, cross them right over. Yeah. See, see who wants to kiss or fight or do yeah. a little of both. Yeah, you know, we don't make anybody do anything. Yeah. We ask for permission. Yeah, we make volunteers. Sure they're all, yeah, they're all on board. Yeah. Um, you know, we do, we don't assume that, you know, just because they were in a piece of media that they necessarily want to be in another one. Maybe they're tired. That's true. But usually it's fun. Yeah. I mean, usually they're up to it because they're trapped in a void. Yeah. Otherwise, they're us. just waiting in a th- file yeah. to go somewhere else. And nobody likes that. This got real meta. I know. Really meta and like really sort of weirdly bleak and dark. Yeah, right. So let's talk about cozy things instead. Sure. These are, I mean, these are kind of cozy. I think cozy is a word that weirdly I would, it's I cozy think. Cozy adjacent? Yeah. And I think it's like deceptively cozy. Yeah. And I think cozy probably is a large result of our growing up with them as well. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're personally cozy. Definitely. As long as you don't feed them after midnight. Yeah. Um. Or Carry a watermelon? I don't yeah, know. No, don't do yeah. that. Don't carry a watermelon. No. God, no. <laughs> That's one of the unwritten rules. <laughs> Annie, what are we crossing over tonight? Uh, tonight we are crossing over Dirty Dancing mm-hmm. and Gremlins. Heck yeah. I feel like this is a very personal glimpse into my childhood. Yeah. And very, right. like, very, very mid 80s. Yeah, Just definitely. Firmly, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. Although I watched it later, at least when you can rent it on video. But... Oh, yeah. I guess, like, I'm, I was like late 80s, early 90s for me. Yeah. I don't think I actually saw Dirty Dancing until college. Probably not. It was much bigger in the, like, tween girl sleepover circuit. I guess I didn't quite run in the right circles. I mean, you missed out. That's true. It's a great movie. It is. Well, why don't you tell me about it? Let's make up for lost time. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Dirty Dancing is a musical dance movie or possibly the best musical dance movie. Um, I will hold to that. Like, And I love musicals and I love movies where characters are dancing. Dirty Dancing might be the very best one. Are you holding this up against musicals or just against movies about dance? Well, I'm holding it against any movie in which dance features a large amount. Like, Mm -hmm. So whether that's like a musical like Singing in the Rain where people are singing and dancing or um, something that maybe doesn't have characters singing but features dance prominently like magic mike so you're stacking this one up against singing in the rain yeah and it's coming out ahead yeah frankly wow. because like shots fired I know, fred astaire because plot wise fred, fred astaire, astaire is in the, uh, gene kelly gene kelly shots you know what shots fired at fred astaire too because i'm sure he did one yeah. that you think oh, is better the, yeah the, the dirty dancing is better than too then he he did one that i think dirty yeah. dancing is better than no dirty dancing is the top one right that's what that's what I'm saying. He did one that he thinks is better than Dirty Dancing. I got myself confused. Yeah. Anyway, you think that Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire are terrible and Dirty no. Dancing is the only good movie ever made. You heard it no. here first, first, folks. 
I love Dirty Dancing. I'll stand by that. <laughs> um, so it was released in 1987, and even though it's set in the 60s, it's got like the most 80s vibe ever. Oh yeah. Yeah, you like kind of forget it at points. Just um, thir- yeah, until they like get in a car. Yeah. And like oh right. Or like you see characters with like real 60s hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, it was a huge hit back in the day and was the first film to sell more than a million copies on video. So holler at you, VHS. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack was also a huge bestseller, thanks in particular to the single I've Had the Time of My Life, which won both the Golden Globe and the Academy Award for Best Original Song in 1987. Pretty deservedly so. Oh, 100%. That's yeah. a great song. There are very few like movie headlining songs that I can immediately hear in my head as soon as they are mentioned. Oh, exactly. Like if you ask me what one best song for the last five years i probably can't remember yeah but like i will always remember i've had the time of my life mm-hmm. um it also introduced the world to patrick swayze in a big way yeah. so, was this before roadhouse or after Roadhouse? this was before roadhouse but ah. it was after like the outsiders and red dawn right. so like he was in movies but this was his breakout like this made him a huge star yeah yeah red dawn was like boys knew who patrick swayze was but then he was like, no, hello, hello ladies. ladies. Yes. <laughs> um, so for more about Patrick Swayze, here's mm-hmm. um, the story actually follows Frances Baby Hausman, who joins her family for a summer at Kellerman's Resort in the Catskill Mountains. Baby doesn't really fit in with the general Kellerman vibe. Um, she's more serious, but she is intrigued by the staff vibe, especially dance instructor Johnny Castle. Lured by the siren song oh, of a one, raucous staff party. 100%. That's mm-hmm. such a great scene. <laughs> that is. is a fantastic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby also finds out that Johnny's dance partner, partner Penny, um, has gotten pregnant thanks to Robbie the jerk waiter. Oh, oh no, Robbie. Um, Robbie also has a major boner for Ayn Rand, so you know what kind of guy he is. Mm -hmm. Um, Petty needs an abortion, which is illegal because it's the 1960s, but she can't afford one, and it would also mean taking time out from her job, which she also can't afford. Um, Baby offers to help Penny get the money from her father, from Baby's father, not Penny's father. Right. Um, Although Baby doesn't explain that the money is for an abortion. She just leaves that part out when she has the money. conversation to have with your dad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Who's a doctor as well. Mm -hmm. And um, Baby also offers to fill in for Penny's dance shift. So um, Baby needs to learn how to dance real fast. Uh Uh-oh. Call to action, Exactly. Oh, we got some montages coming for you. Oh, yes. Johnny is suspicious, but he and Penny teach Baby how to dance. Um, Again, great montage dancing. Yeah, I will say, I mean, and and I very much enjoy this movie. The middle section is like all montage. It's like a montage ends and I'm like, oh, that was, I I didn't remember, like, or I thought there was this moment too. And then they were like, oh no, we're saving that for the next montage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a whole summer. Absolutely. You you got several montages. And there's a lot of dancing to learn. Exactly. places to dance. You got to dance on a log. Yeah. You you got to dance dance in in a a barn. Yeah. In the water. Yeah. All over. studio. On the bridge alone. Yeah. In front of a bunch of old people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So while um, Baby's learning how to dance, um, Johnny and Baby start developing feelings for each other, even though it's not allowed for the entertainment staff to mingle with the guests. Also complicated, um, Johnny's essentially getting paid to sleep with Kellerman Cougar, Vivian Pressman. So you kind of buried the lead there. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, staff. So, you know, the big problem is staff is not allowed to come forward to sleep with guests. Oh, also, Johnny's a gigolo. <laughs> well, like, 
that's that's also not a thing that's like technically allowed. It's, it's like true. the official rule is entertainment staff stays away. Mm-hmm. Like this is a thing that's like not exactly allowed, right. but it it happens because she's like the women like Vivian are very wealthy. Mm-hmm. They're alone. And the club wants to keep them happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, at yeah. the expense of guys like Johnny. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a plot point that I forget about a lot. Oh, interesting. And then the movie happens, and it's like, oh right, no, yeah. yeah. There's this whole and weird sex working dynamic. Yeah, going exactly. On. Uh, it's like Breakfast at Tiffany's, where you like yeah. forget that he's a gigolo. Weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of movies where people just kind of forget about gigolos. I know, right? <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Because they're never just a gigolo. I know, right? There we go. I got it in there. Yep. Um, also, I think the woman who was who played Vivian Preston, Barbara Pressman, was actually one of the um, the dance choreographers. Oh, cool! Yeah, so shout she out had to, to her. give her something to do. Yeah, right. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Benny, uh, excuse me, Pe- Penny gets the abortion, um, but it's like real back alley because mm-hmm. again the sixties, and not at all medically sanctioned because that's what happens when you outlaw abortion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, she's in major pain and baby gets her father who's a surgeon um, Dr. Hausman helps Penny kind of get through like whatever medical issues she's she's dealing with right now mm-hmm. um, but he is mad at baby for lying to him and assumes that Johnny is the one who got Penny pregnant um, baby and Johnny successfully you know perform their routine and dance well and then successfully hook up hey. wink. Um, Vivian sees baby leaving Johnny's cabin early one morning and blames Johnny for some wallets that have gone missing. So baby gives Johnny an alibi since they were together all night when the wallets went missing. But in doing so, she reveals their relationship. Johnny is fired, even though he's cleared of, um, thievery. Mm -hmm. Um, and baby faces the end of the summer without him. At the final dance, uh, Dr. Hausman finds out, finds out that Robbie is actually the one who got Penny pregnant. So... Maybe he should. Awkward. Wait, are, you, are you ready? Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have been such a judgy or mock. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Huh? That's the one. Uh, it starts with the same letter and has the same number of syllables. These are the jokes, kid. You're welcome, America. <laughs> um, Johnny ends up returning for the final dance where he and Baby perform and the dance staff joins in and everyone loves it and everyone dances together and love is forever. There it is. Yep. That's our lesson. That's the lesson. <laughs> um, characters, we have Frances Baby Hausman, an intellectual and socially conscious young woman who finds her passion in dance. Johnny Castle, a dance instructor and swoon factory. Penny, Johnny's dance partner and girl who seriously picked the wrong yeah, guy. Not a good call, Oh, Penny. Penny. Um, Dr. and Mrs. Hausman, Baby's parents, played perfectly by Broadway and television stars Jerry Orbach and Kelly Bishop. Jerry, Judgy. Yeah. Getsy. Yeah. Getsy. Getsy. <laughs> by by Getsy your Bishop. Person, yep. <laughs> by your personalized sixties paraphernalia on Getsy. On Getsy, yeah, there it is. Uh, there's Lisa, baby sister, who's real uptight and into Robbie the jerk waiter. For some reason. Well, because like he's he's presented at he's like very surface he's very intellectual. And like, yeah, and like he knows how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Like, he he is a true Slytherin. Yeah, no total Slytherin. Yeah. Oh, Johnny. Um, Johnny? Johnny. Robbie. 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 There it is. Johnny's great. Um, yeah, Johnny is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Max Kellerman, who owns the resort, and his dorky nephew, Neil, who's into baby. Um, who like Neil is like a real nice oh, I guy. I forgot about Neil. Yeah, he like th- he thinks he's a real nice guy. Yeah. 
Um, there's Robbie. Go- oh, we got Robbie Gould, who's basically uh, Paul Ryan as a 20 something jerk waiter. Mm-hmm. Um, Tito Suarez, who's an adorable band leader at Kellerman's. We Great. get to see him like every so often. Great and name, I- too. I'm sorry? Great name, too. Yeah, right? And I'm mm-hmm. always like, oh, we should see more. I would love to see like the Tito story. Yeah. Um, Vivian Pres- Pressman, a real sketch rich les- lady. And uh, Billy. Kutstecki, um, Johnny's adorable cousin, who is also on the entertainment staff. Um, and frankly, like, when I was a preteen, I was always like, okay, well, obviously, Johnny is the heartthrob here. Sure. But Billy is is kind of the guy I'd go for. He's kind of the stand-up guy. He's, he's on the periphery real, a lot. But, yeah, like, he's, but he's a real stand-up guy. Yeah. He's funny and friendly. Is and... he the one who's carrying the watermelons? Yes. Yeah. He can carry two watermelons at a time. Yeah, but not, like, successfully. No, he doesn't drop them when he... When he but like opens the door does. almost but he doesn't that's true they're real big watermelons you know, that's what makes billy kostecki appealing is that he's coming up against failure at all times yeah, exactly. but he's keeping it together he's like i may not be as beefy as my cousin mm-hmm. i may not be as talented as, as my cousin <laughs> i may not be as attractive as my cousin <laughs> i may not be as thoughtful as my cousin but i sure can carry some watermelons Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what sells it for me it's true uh, themes, um, class structure is a real big one here. So the entertainment staff is seen as less than the wait staff, who are all like college guys, and therefore the entertainment staff is not permitted to interact with the fancy guests. Um, Baby finds that the entertainment staff is actually made of real good people, while waiters like uh, Robbie are total creeps. Um, also, Johnny says that people treat me I'm, like I'm nothing because I'm nothing, um, oh, because Johnny, that's no. yeah, because that's what he's been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his relationship with Baby, he sees that he's so much more than that. And while Baby also tells him, like, you should fight back, she finds out that, like, it's easy to say that. But, like, while you're living within these social structures, it's much harder to do when you're in, like, a lower class. Yeah. Sometimes people put you in a corner. Not now. Oh, man. No one puts not Baby anymore. in a corner. But they do, though. Or but then he takes her out. Yeah, but she's not even really in a corner. Yeah, it's a weird line. Yeah. Because it's like... That wasn't the point of the story. <laughs> they were like, we need a cool line here. Yeah. Just like, we only got five minutes before we shoot. Just yeah. like, do something. Say whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. Go with it. Um, so coming of age is another big theme. Like, Baby's Summer at Kellerman's definitely includes a sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. But she also learns about who she is away from her family and away from the normal structures of her life. And again, in terms, like, what it means to, like, actually live within these um, very strict social classes. Yeah. Um, loyalty is a huge theme here too Um, Baby stands up for Johnny and Penny even when it means putting herself in a risky or uncomfortable position like she's a deeply moral person and stands by her morals even when it hurts her personally which is real cool for a like romantic dance movie um, heroine yeah I even like that the movie like takes pains to have characters point out to her like after the abortion scene that she has like stepped up and taken control like they're like like the getter characters are like impressed by her yeah. ability to like be in control and step in and help yeah. things um, which is nice i feel like it's it's a little minor activation on her character's part but like the other characters are also allowed to be impressed by her yeah and like they like they know that she has privilege but they like acknowledge that she is using her privilege for the good of someone else mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, she her family has money, so she can literally get the money for the abortion. Right. Um, but, you know, she doesn't let Penny, like, languish and think, whatever, it's not my problem. Yeah, she doesn't feel owed for yeah. what she's doing. Yeah, and she doesn't feel like it's not her thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I think a lot of other people like Kellerman's would be like, well, that's really too bad. I don't care. Yeah, not my problem. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, good job, baby. It's a much better character trait than just like, I'm clumsy. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no, that's not a flaw. Yeah, not really. No. Um, things I like and think other people will like. Um, it's real 80s slash mm-hmm. uh, 60s dance movie fun. Like it's a legit good time with a fantastic soundtrack and real good dance numbers. Like the plot moves super well and it fully stands up for many rewatches. Absolutely. Like I literally rewatched it last night and I just loved it as much as I did when I was a preteen. Yeah. And it, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the, the chemistry, the leads, the performances, yeah. everything is there. It's like a perfectly crafted movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, it's a fun movie that doesn't shy away from major issues. Like abortion in the pro v pro Roe v Wade era isn't something that movies tend to explore, mm-hmm. much less romantic dance movies. Um, but the topic is handled seriously here, and like Penny is never demonized for getting an abortion. So by the end of the movie, she's happy and healthy, and like she's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, like, is a really like. A smart thing to look at for a movie that is called Dirty Dancing, right. and, it, and it just looks like it's going to be like cheesy fun. And in a movie that that would be so easily be structured around uh, Penny and um, uh, Baby's characters hating one another. Yeah, oh, totally. Like it's so built up to be this love triangle and all right. of that. And they talk about Penny's relationship with Johnny. Yeah, and and Penny is like when she finds out that Pen- Johnny and Baby have slept together. She tells Johnny, like, oh, man, like, you got to be real careful. Like, she is warning him, but not in a way that's like, you need to break up with her. This girl is trouble. It's just kind of like, this is this could go real south real fast. Right, You're in a really dark situation. Yeah. It's not like she's jealous Mm -hmm. or. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um, and I'll end kind of along those lines. The romance is seriously compelling here. Mm -hmm. Like, these are two leads who are very different, but their relationship feels really real um and also i love that johnny is really into how smart and motivated baby is yeah like it's not just again like oh she's real cute and clumsy so i love her it's like he's he's he admires how like dedicated she is and her her personality and i think one of the things that the immense number of montages gives you is you get a lot of time just to watch them interact. And I think yeah. both Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze are such expressive, emotive actors mm. that you get to watch them reacting to one another and yeah. have fun with one another and playing around. And so there's really you, a, like you see the relationship grow. Yeah, there's a sense of chemistry. And I mean, the dancing helps. Oh, totally. They're in physical intimacy with one yeah. another the whole time. Um, but yeah, anyway, that is um, all of the greatness of Dirty Dancing. And you can't tell me that another dance movie is better. Sorry, Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. I know, right? Like, literally, try and fight me on this. They can't. Yeah. They they can't anymore. They can't. No, they're in the void. Yep. From whence all media is banished. We'll we'll get them out of the void sometime. They'll have their time. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) what other 80s void characters are we pulling out of? Yeah, well, let me just reach into my 80s void. Oh, no, I don't have a hand anymore because it was eaten by a gremlin. Ah. Segway complete. Uh, so let's talk about Gremlins. Gremlins is a 1984 dark comedy supernatural Christmas thriller. You know, one of those. Well, actually, there are kind of a lot of There's those. There's a fair number of yeah. them. Uh, directed by Joe Dante and making liberal use of the flexible early 80s PG rating in an effort to traumatize and delight as many millennial children as possible. I feel like this is a movie that our entire generation watched probably too young, but as such has very vivid memories uh, associated with it. Um, 
The movie centers on Billy, um, who I always remember as a young boy, but he's really like a mid no, to late teenager. Yeah, he's definitely a teenager. Yeah. He's a car. He like works at a bank. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, Does he like, work at a bank or a grocery store? It's one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. But he like has a job. It's oh, definitely yeah. he's like- He's a teenager. Yeah. He's in the Marty McFly school. Yes, like definitely. Older high school kid. Um, but he's a kid whose inventor father stops into a weird Chinatown antique shop to buy a Christmas present for him. Um, this is sort of sold as a desperate last ditch effort, but really I feel like the dad kind of nails it because when I was a teenager, there was nothing I would want more than a gift from a weird like Chinatown mysticism shop. Um. Like, well, I mean, I really liked like you know th- th- those um, those dolls who like dance ballet. Like those, oh, they had I those. Was really exciting. They oh man, yeah. but they were possessed. Well, they would talk to you as they did it. Yeah, but they would teach you the steps. Mm-hmm. And, and then you turn into monsters. Well, if you didn't perform the steps exactly, they would then cut off your feet. Things got a little grim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely grim with two M's because it's like the grim. Yeah, exactly. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, while in the shop, uh, Billy's dad encounters a small fuzzy little creature, which is called a mogwai. Who's um, the cutest? He is the cutest. Um, the dad really wants to buy it, but the shopkeeper refuses to sell it to him. However, the shopkeeper's grandson goes behind his back and sells the mogwai to the dad. And Anyway, so really everything in this movie is that guy's fault. Um, the well, mo- which guy? The grandson. The grandson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not the shopkeeper. No, he's yeah, trying right? to keep things down. Mr. Yeah, Wing, see- that's his name. And um, yeah, capitalism. This what gets you. Mm-hmm. He was probably reading Ayn Rand, too. He probably was. Yeah, right? Just she's off camera. The, she's the real villain she's of these the stories. She's the linchpin of these movies' faults. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Mogwai uh, comes with, well, the grandson is at least nice enough to tell the dad the three ominous and admittedly very vague rules of owning a Mogwai. Thank goodness. Number one, don't expose it to bright light. Number two, don't get it wet. And number three, never feed it after midnight. Which is a deeply important rule and yet makes no sense. Yeah. Well, in your local time zone. Uh, Assumedly. Yeah. I mean, one would hope. Otherwise, you've really got to keep a lot of clocks around. And like, what? Well, what's the limit? Is I? It should be. Yeah. I what feel is like after sh- midnight? Right. I feel like they should have said like between sundown and sunup. Oh, but that's way too much time to not Why? feed a mogwai. Well, because they just keep crying and crying. And it's like, oh, Mogwai, come bit, on. Baby. They're Fuzzies. just little fur babies. Um, so Billy's dad returns to the town of Kingston Falls and gives the Mogwai to Billy as a pet because what teenager isn't great at following ominous rules to the letter when caring for animals? Yeah, right. Uh, it seems like he's taken a pretty big risk, but Billy actually treats the Mogwai very well and names it Gizmo uh, and keeps it with his adorable dog, who is also a delightful pet. Oh, I forgot about it. It has a lot of reaction shots in the movie, but it doesn't bother me because this dog has it. And that, it I want to say the dog does not die. No, does not. Thank goodness. Shows up at the end and is is happy and oh, healthy. Good. Yeah, actually, this movie has a, spoiler alert, surprisingly low death count. Really? Yeah. Very few people actually, actually die yeah. in it. At least on screen. Yeah. I mean, there's chaos, but we'll get to that in the oh, themes. Oh, my goodness. Um, so Billy and Gizmo are having a great time, living it up, being best pals. But then Billy's friend Pete screws everything up by spilling a glass of water on Gizmo like a dingus. Um, as a result, Gizmo spawns five copies of himself in the most adorable asexual birthing scene yeah. ever committed to film. It's just like little fur balls pop out of his back. Yeah. Um, it's sort of cute. Just, it's just like in nature. Yeah. It's like if, if David Cronenberg directed My Little Pony, 
this scene is what you would get because yeah. Gizmo's back is sort of bubbling up, but then yeah. it's like pew pew pew. And yeah, little fur balls. Yeah. Um. So the uh, other Mogwai are born. Um. And these this group of Mogwai is way more mischievous. Mis- mischievous there we go mischievous than gizmo is and are led by the bad to the bone but still very fuzzy stripe um billy also shows gizmo to his science teacher who makes a copy of himself uh so that he can study it which is kind of weird and creepy uh and he's trying to figure out what the heck is going on um stripe being mischievous tricks billy into feeding the five non-gizmo gremlins after midnight which brings out on a, I know it's they're breaking they're breaking the third rule because we've already seen Gizmo get exposed to light and not like it. It sort of yeah, burns him a little bit. Yeah. It's got kind of a vampirism thing going on. Exactly. Oh, um, poor little bud. Poor little Gizmo. Um, but he Billy feeds these gremlins after midnight, and uh oh, they all cocoon themselves and then it's take on gross. yeah a gross transformation into weird, crazy reptilian monster things, um, which immediately start raising a ruckus in the house. Um, this also happens to the science teacher's mogwai, and that mogwai kills the science teacher. Yeah. Um, with a lethal injection. Ooh. I know. Sad trombone. Um, Billy's mom is attacked in their home by the gremlins, but she, with the help of Billy, a microwave and a blender, manages to kill most of them. Right on Billy's mom. Yeah, it's a really awesome it's, scene. It's so scary. It is. It's like, a like it's a legitimate horror movie scene, yeah. but she rules. I feel like the gremlin popping out of the Christmas tree like terrified mm-hmm. me for oh, years. Yeah. Like it's yeah. oh my god there's one there's at least one image in this movie for everybody to like haunt everyone oh exactly when they're a kid watching it um however stripe escapes this carnage and jumps into a pool at the local ymca which uh-oh spawns an army of nasty evil murderous oh, no. gremlins that start a rampage through the town which is just trying to have a nice christmas time um while all this is going on billy's girlfriend kate reveals that the most morbid christmas backstory ever um oh, sort of apropos God. of nothing it's just a really distressing scene well i mean when gremlins are like destroying your town during christmas you're like this isn't the worst thing that's happened to Christmas. It's true. Um, but yeah, it is uh, It is a bracingly d- terrible story that's based on an urban legend that I think Joe yeah. Dante had just heard and been like, oh, I'll write that in. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, in the course of the rampage, the guy, pl- the local guy playing Santa Claus gets murdered as well as a couple cops. A mean old lady who wants to kill Billy's dog gets escalated to death and all sorts of seasonal delights are undertaken in this Christmas town oh my as goodness. Billy and Kate try to stop it all from happening. I feel um, like that along with the Christmas tree, the Santa Claus dying thing, like I watched Kremlin's oh, yeah. way too young. <laughs> like it was before I found out that there was not a real Santa Claus. Oh, no. And, like, I thought this was, like, Santa Claus literally dying in oh the movie. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, horrified. That's grim. It was, like, the darkest movie for me. Yeah. Well, I think because I still have such a clear picture in my mind of, like, him running out with gremlins hanging off of yeah. him. And, like, it's not a great special effect. They're yeah. very obviously, like, little latex things. But it really disturbed me. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And then right after that, the cops die, too. Yeah. The gremlin cuts their brake lines or whatever. Yeah. Um, so all of this is happening. Um, eventually, after a detour to the local movie theater, while all of the gremlins are watching and singing along with Snow White and then get blown up, uh, Billy, Kate, and Gizmo have a showdown with Stripe in a local department store where Gizmo saves the day with the help of a remote-controlled car and a skylight. Um, then the shop owner from the beginning of the movie shows up and takes Gizmo back home with him, and Gizmo and Billy get a sort of like very weird riff on the E.T. goodbye 
and yeah. it's Gizmo is taken away. Oh, um, but it's it's for the best. Yeah, right. Like that Mogwai is going to get wet again at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he lives in the world. It's like the aliens from Signs. Like this is not a this is not a planet on which to have a water based weakness. Yeah, and like a water based weakness that's like it you could die. Mm-hmm. Like not not even like. Oh, water means you um, you multiply. Right, exactly. It's a problem. Um, so we've got our characters throughout the movie. Uh, Billy Peltzer. Oh, wait, no. Water does multiply. Sunlight. Yeah, water causes the multiply. Yeah. But, like, it's still a problem. Oh, yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah, like, we would have a, a trouble with Tribbles situation going on if oh, this 100%. were really a concern. Um, except the Tribbles would be adorable and as great as they are in Star Trek until midnight, and then everyone would be dead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So the characters in the movie, we got Billy Peltzer, your average everyday kid who works at a bank or a grocery store and takes shockingly good care of supernatural pets. Uh, Kate, Billy's girlfriend, played by Phoebe Cates, who is a delight, um, who seriously just has the most out-of-nowhere dark backstory ever, but it sort of works. There's Randall, Billy's dad, an absent-minded, struggling inventor who means well but makes very poor purchasing decisions. Uh, there's Pete Fontaine, Billy's friend, played by Corey Feldman, which oh, I didn't wow. realize. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. As a clear indicator of his poor decision-making skills. So I guess it was always on the way. Um, Lynn Peltzer, Billy's mom, who, again, is the biggest badass in the whole movie. Yeah, she, she, she really is the hero here. Yeah, she takes out three gremlins single-handedly and, like, creatively. Yeah. Um, there's Mrs. Deagle, the mean old lady who wants to take Billy's dog away and pays the price for it. Uh, there's She got what she deserved, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Like... Oh, no. Mrs. Deagle is, she is set up to be the character who it's okay to kill. Yeah. And they do. Uh, Roy Hansen, the local science teacher who does not follow proper procedure when studying weird organisms. Uh, and then Gizmo, the cutest, and Stripe, the meanest, and then a whole bunch of other gremlins that get blown up yeah. or microwaved or what have you. Uh, and then there's Mr. Wing, the Orientalism-est. Yep. Um, that, sure, that sure is a racist trope there. Yeah. Boy, howdy, did they love it in the 80s. Everything from like Golden Child to Temple of Doom yeah, to this. Right. It was just like, oh, great. It's Miss Asian mysticism. Ooh. Oh, man. Ugh. But at least it is a, it's a light touch on the bookends of this movie. Yeah. It's like it's not... And um, he's the only sensible person in the movie. True. He's trying very hard to not have he's like, this happen. Oh my god, hashtag what is with these white people? Yeah. Like he literally comes in at the end and he's like, You people are not ready for Mogwai. Give that back. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, some themes and fun stuff. Um, the biggest thing that I think makes this a really remarkable and lasting movie is the spooky funny line, which I know that we've talked about before yeah. of like scary versus comedy. But this movie is totally bonkers and totally all over the map. Yeah. Uh, which I think is very much a product of Joe Dante as a director. Like he's a really brilliant master of genre and understands all of these different genres that have influenced him as a filmmaker. And he blends it all together really well without evening it out. He just kind of swings from one end to the other and somehow understands the rhythm well enough to be able to bring you along for the ride um i think gremlins 2 pushes the zaniness and comedy way further it's essentially his tex avery homage he's just making a looney tunes cartoon with gremlins um but But in the worst way possible well i mean that's subject to debate uh Mm. but gremlins one uh really balances the blackness with the humor um and the holiday-esque-ness of it as well it still feels like a christmas movie even when people are dying um so it really does veer from slapstick to horror scene to scene and somehow it still works and i think a big part of that is that the gremlins as a monster 
are more mischievous than mischievous. Than, why can't I say the word mischievous? It's a hard word. They're more mischief driven than malicious. I disagree. They're really? deeply malicious. They are literally killing Santa. But they're at least for the most part, they're doing so creatively. Like they're not just yeah. like slasher movie. I'm going to bite oh, your face yeah, off. I'm going like, to claw at you. But it's like they're they play with machinery. I, they like rewire cars. They watch feel, Snow White. But yeah, but I think that's still like they're they're real evil. Like they're they're more raptors from Jurassic Park. Where yeah, they're smart. But like they're they're scary. Oh yeah, they're like wacky creative raptors. I think yeah, yeah. but I think um, I would say well, the balance for me is actually Gizmo. Yeah. Because he's so cute. (laughs) And the movie never puts him in like deep peril. No. And he's going to save the day. Like, you know, he's going to save the day. Right. There's there's at least a good one. Yeah. And it's like here, you're holding it out for him. Mm -hmm. And if anything, like, I think the movie is a reflection on um, the the struggles of family life. um, Because, you know, Gizmo technically, like the rest of the gremlins are technically his offspring. Oh, that's true. And they're real bad. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes your kids are just real bad. That's true. And you're not responsible for their actions. Right. Especially if they've eaten after midnight. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes you got to like just, you know, say like, no, I'm not going to put up with this bad behavior. You can say it, Annie. Gremlin eugenics. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that got real dark. I know. I'm just saying. Well, you know, I'm just yeah. like you've you got to draw the line. Gizmo draws a line. That's yeah, true. Sometimes you got to melt your kid. Yeah. With a skylight <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, whatever presents itself, because he's throwing saw blades at you in a department store. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it was he was driven to. The Mokwai have a different relationship. It's true. A very different morality scale working. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that. Gizmo is a huge part of why it works. And I think he's indicative of the fact that the movie has a heart. Yeah. Um, like I said, it has a very low bot. Like everyone we just talked about dying are the only people who die, who yeah. we see dying in the movies. It doesn't revel in people dying. It yeah. uses it for impact. Yeah. Especially with Santa. But it, it then spends more time with like the gremlins eating gingerbread cookies and yeah. hanging out in a movie theater yeah. and, and like, little usher's outfits. Yeah. Like it, it, especially as it goes on, it just gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. And so it gets more and more unmoored from real stakes. That is true. Um, um, and like a lot of the the gore actually happens at the expense of the gremlins. Oh, yeah. Especially like that whole scene with Billy's mom. like The microwave. Yeah. The like it, it's, and... it's gross out because you can like just destroy, destroy gremlin instead of being yeah. like, oh, we're taking a human and, and chopping their head off or something. Exactly. And we're not really – and even when they suffer, it's like cartoonish suffering. Yeah. Like when they're all burning in the movie theater, they're like – it's like, a, again, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. They're all running around. Um, and so, yeah, I think – and the, the creature designs in this movie are amazing. I mean from Jim Henson works, like they're brilliant, brilliant practical effect creatures. Um, and then they just get – Myrtleized over the course of the film. Um, and it is uh, in the long tradition, like you hinted at, Annie, of Christmas counter-programming. Um, yeah. You know, Christmas movies that aggressively steer against sentimentality, but also make room for it in weird ways. Uh, and so, you know, you get a bunch of people who hate Christmas for various reasons, one of which is that her dad died dressed like Santa Claus trying to come down the chimney yeah. uh, and didn't get found for three days. Uh-huh. And then you force them to bond and support one another in a very like Christmassy kind of way. <laughs> because Christmas and the holidays in general can be real depressing yeah, and just bad. about survival. Okay, yeah, you just gotta get through them. Yeah. Um 
So, you know, in that way, very relatable. Yeah, very, very holiday driven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's Gremlins. Um, so I think this feels like heading into our first thematic crossover for these yeah. two is family. Yeah. Um, and the trials the and tribulations of, thereof. Yeah. Um, loving your family, not always making the best decisions in your family. Um, yeah. I mean, supporting your family even yeah. when they make mistakes. Yeah. Like, or, or your, your loved ones. Yeah. You know, so even like if they need help with a medical procedure that got botched or if they accidentally feed a supernatural creature after midnight. Yeah. Like, you, know, you still got to be there for them. Exactly. And Billy's dad does. One thing that I always find fascinating, and I'm sure it's probably because it's been forever since I've really watched the movie, but like Billy's dad shows up at the end of the movie mm-hmm. having done nothing. Oh, yeah. He's like, just like, well, I, I'm back in town. Yeah, because like he's not there when, like, again, like the mom is home and fights the gremlins. No, I think he he's traveling him. again. I think oh. he's like trying to travel and sell stuff. Oh, but my then God. He, the movie makes a point of bringing him back in. He's like, he's like, um, uh, Fortinbras oh. coming, uh, coming in at the end of Hamlet and being like, hey, what did I miss? Oh, man. Yeah, right. Things are weird. I feel like if this would be a great crossover with um, uh, the Death of a Salesman. Oh, yeah. And just like. He and Willie Loman would have a lot to talk exactly about. Exactly. Real d- bad dads. Yeah. Oh, bad dad traveling dads. Um, Jerry Orbach is a much better dad. Oh, for sure. He's very, very, very good. Yeah. And very has it way more together as well. Oh, 100%. You know. There is like when you say. Doctor at a summer resort and struggling inventor, you get a pretty well, clear idea. True, but like, um, Doctor Hausman is also like a real good person who just yeah. like he he has to realize that like this the world is not so black and white, mm-hmm. right? And like that his his daughter in particular like is not always going to make the choice that he would have made, and that maybe he shouldn't be. <laughs> um. Such a such a judgy Orbach. Yes. Well, see, I was gonna go there with um, the choices aren't black and white, and that his daughter might be more Jennifer Grey. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> We've got this pun surrounded. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I love it. Um, so yeah, I think family is the big one. Yeah. Um, I think uh, seasonal dystopia. Yeah. A little bit in both. Yeah. Christmas or- goes crazy. Summer vacation goes crazy. Yeah. You or know. summer summer utopia. Summer utopia. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't, it's not like everybody starts dying at this no, resort. No, and like it really is like, wow, that was the best summer ever. Yeah, she does. Have I got a really to, good time, I got to hook she? up with a real hot dude mm. and then learn how to dance, and everyone cheered for me at the end. That was a great summer. Yeah, that was a good that's summer. It's like Tina Belcher's ideal summer. <laughs> it really is. There's so much Tina Belcher DNA in there. Exactly. Um, yeah, okay. So polar opposite seasonal experiences, but like very seasonal movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Movies um, that are of their time. Yes. Very, and very like genre y, like mm-hmm. and like focused on the like wacky horror and yeah. musical dance. Mm-hmm. Um a healthy respect for music. Yeah. You know. Um you know, um unexpected problems. <laughs> it's a big theme in both. I think I think we're reaching. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's move into the physical crossover. Yes. How does this happen? Um well, I mean, Mogwai are around yeah. in the world. Oh, of course. Um, and I I wonder if, um, you know, cause, because, like, it's such a Christmas movie, but, like, I wonder if Billy's dad would be like, okay, for summer, I'm going to book us at a resort. Just get us out of here. Just get us out of here. Um, mm-hmm. And, like... 
Yeah. And I think this is an opportunity to remove the Orientalism. Yes. Because I think we all know who brings the Mogwai in and it's Robbie. Because, oh yeah because he's like oh, i've been reading this pickup artist book and like you need to peacock you need to like have something that like gets like people talking thing, like a puppy like, yeah and then you can and then somebody will be like nice that's a really cute little thing and then you can be like yeah i wish you were and then she'll love you because you're negging her yeah it's in this great book i've been reading so oh, like no. maybe he stole gizmo probably stole gizmo he probably did Gizmo's not happy about it no Mm-mm. um so so yeah, Gizmo manages to get away from Robbie. Yeah. But now Gizmo is at this resort. Does so are we like pretending that the events of Gremlins happened and now this is like six oh, months later? Yeah, I think I think uh Billy in this is this can be a rare event of like I think one movie's already happened. Yeah. Because I think Billy's dad is like, we need a vacation yeah, from totally. this vacation. Uh-huh. Am I right, folks? Yeah. Um, and so takes them to for the summer. And then, yeah, Bill, like Gizmo's been taken away. So, like, yeah, I think Robbie has stolen Gizmo. Oh, my God. And now Gizmo, like, knows that maybe he knows that Billy's there and he needs to find his oh, way yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. Aww. But there's a problem because Billy's living across the lake. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's right there. It's big. Yeah. It's a big old lake. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. What? I'm just trying to trying to picture in what way we can get Patrick Swayze lifting Gizmo above Yay! his head in a lake as he tries to walk Yay! across it. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah. But it, Gizmo it, it, has but it wouldn't the time go great. of his life. He does. No, I think that that would be okay. Yeah. Gizmo wouldn't get wet at all? No, not there. There are going to have to be some evil gremlins Oh, yeah, but I think um, because Robbie's a waiter, maybe it happens earlier on. Um, Like, there's Mm -hmm. a great scene in Dirty Dancing where, again, Robbie is like, he's talking to Baby about Penny being pregnant, and Uh and Baby is like, you should pay for this abortion. And Robbie (laughs) is like, let me show you a little something by my friend Ayn Rand. And he pulls out the fountainhead, and Mm -hmm. he's like, you should read this, but like... Give it back to me because I've got notes in the margins. And, like, some people matter and some people don't. And Baby is like, stay away from my sister and stay away from me, you giant jerk. And she takes a pitcher of water and just dumps it on its dick. And he's and – <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very specific location. Well, yeah. I mean yeah. – um, But he's got he's got a gizmo in his pocket. Yeah. And, and he was happy to see her as well, but <laughs> – up, but it's mostly the gizmo in his pocket. Good so, night, everybody. Yeah. So then he's got gizmo just popping off in his pocket. Oh no! Um, oh god, no! I know, guys. We are a family-friendly podcast. It's true. This is I, there's not no way, a metaphor. There's no way to censor this. I cannot emphasize enough how how specific and literal I am being. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, gizmo's, so. gizmo's tiny balls are popping oh, in his pocket. No. no. Oh my. Um. So so yeah, um, that was an accident for for Gizmo, but mm-hmm. that's how it happens. Yeah, and so Gizmo escapes, but then I think Robbie decides that Spike is cool. Yeah, you know, because he's in this way of like of cool things, and Spike yeah. is like, "Hey, I'm a, hey, I'm you cool can feed me after grandma. midnight. Yeah, give cool me all your food. Cool, cool kids eat after midnight. Yeah, cool fuzzy kids. Yeah, and yeah. Robbie's like, yeah, they do. Yeah, we're all gonna not Spike Stripe. Sorry, Stripe. Yeah, I just realized I've been calling him the wrong thing for a while. It's a, you know, it's like a. A name that someone yeah. would um, either way. Call it's like it's like an, I'm really trying to be a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, Robbie's. Oh, you know what? I mean, of course, it's after midnight. They had two watermelons at that party. That's a lot of watermelon. I think there's leftover watermelon after oh, the party no. gets out. And Robbie's like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, little little 
mogwai friend. Here you go. I got you. Don't say I never did anything for you. Yeah. And then he and then he eats the watermelon and I think and then, Robbie is the first to die. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. 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 These Just are like, these are vengeance gremlins. Yeah, within minutes. Um but then they're chaos gremlins. Yeah. So now we've got gremlins everywhere to yeah. resort. Oh my god. Yeah. And I think Billy has to convince everyone oh, here we go again. Yeah, like, right. And and has to convince everyone what's happening. And then uh, has to get them all rallied to fight against the yeah, uh, to save the summer during the dance contest. Um, yeah, well, there's no dance contest during the dance exhibition. Yeah, it's the final show during the final show. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> you know, um, which I mean, it's clearly proven that gremlins are distractible by entertainments oh yeah and so that is true they would be like we're gonna round up the gremlins in the you know yeah the um i don't want to say barn but you know whatever that was the the old barn yeah um and we're gonna distract them with the power of dance and you know what while how are they luring them all in and gathering all them all together in a montage that's how yeah dancing all over the place dancing Gremlins love dancing dancing up on a tree dancing yeah. down in the water dancing yeah top of the barn it's yeah. very hazardous but they do it because they're very good dancers exactly um, um i mean they have well they have really stumpy legs but they've got true. long arms yeah oh well i meant that patrick swayze and jennifer gray are running around oh dancing yeah and, oh yeah and, there you go and but the gremlins, gremlins to i'm them. thinking the gremlins dancing along with them oh, they're like dancing yeah. behind them absolutely because they can really pull those lifts off yeah exactly mm-hmm. um and so, like and jennifer gray and um patrick swayze have to like fight while dancing yeah. like like grab like you know a um like a beach chair and smack them. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it's like, it's a combination dancing and murder montage. Yes. So like they're dancing and also people are like sneaking up and killing the gremlins while they're distracted. Yeah, exactly. By this amazing dancing. And, and it's something that brings the whole resort together. Yeah. The staff. Yeah. Both the patrons. entertainment staff, the waiter staff, yeah, the Yeah, not patrons. Robbie. He's dead. So. No, he's real dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think like, you know, we of course get some little callbacks of like gremlins breaking into johnny's car oh yeah they break the because the windows already open exactly joyriding around in that um yeah they they put on the wigs from the wig show so many wigs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of them uh sings the song that jennifer gray's sister sings oh the the wyans yeah it's it's awkward definitely a gremlin hulu number yeah i feel like i don't want to kill off lisa but i think she's just very easily distracted (laughs) and she like she she would not notice that there were gremlins along until one of them was like attacking. Yeah, I think she's doing the hula number. There's a gremlin in a hula grass skirt. And I think she winds up getting like doing one of those things where she gets frightened into like a dumpster or something. Yeah. And then later we go. at the end of the movie, she comes out of it. There we go. Yeah. That's better. She gets knocked unconscious. Yeah. But definitely does a hula dance with a gremlin yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So I think we're already moving into some specific characters. Yeah. Arcs. I mean, it's all the battle dome is everybody. Everybody fights versus gremlins. gremlins. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. I'm trying. Like, I don't think there are are real because um, their faces here. Other than the established couples. Yeah. Well, because like Billy and um, what's her name? And Kate. And Kate are like they're they're basically they like 17, 16, 17. Yeah. They're with each other. Exactly. Um, Penny or um, Baby and Johnny are with each other. Yeah. They're not and, like, going with anybody else. It. Yeah. What about, I mean, yeah, there's really, there aren't any like Billy's other. Billy's parents and, and yeah. Baby's parents are together. Right. And like. There aren't any, there aren't a ton of 
other sing kids other kids yeah are single or, yeah and like because like even baby and and um uh her sister are like college age yeah whereas like the high school the gremlins kids are high school age right and Corey feldman's super young in it yeah so like, um i think he would like hit on like penny and she would be like you're a child no thank you yeah yeah absolutely so yeah i think there's not no a lot real, of kissing yeah. phases to do. there's enough kissing it already yeah and and hook it up with a gremlin is for gremlins too oh. so oi uh so yeah i think uh and then i think best buddies like i think everybody kind of gets along yeah uh, i feel like this is a plot heavy crossover oh definitely but the characters present themselves pretty easily like the pairings yeah and like again we're killing off um robbie mm-hmm. well we can probably kill off the um was it the Schumachers who steal all the wallets? The, this oh, little, yeah, couple. The little couple. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they probably get, like, we can kill off Vivian Pressman and her husband. The Schumachers are making their escape and they get into the back of the car and then the camera pulls out yeah. and it's a gremlin in a chauffeur's cap. Yeah. And the last thing we see is just it peeling off down the there road we go. and then screaming. Um, I feel like um, Tito Suarez um, probably mm-hmm. kills a gremlin with his... Um, Conductor baton, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I think knocks him into a bongo drum or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Vivian. How is Vivian getting it? Um, I think. I mean, I want to say she goes to because eventually she hooks up with Robbie. Oh, so right. I feel like she maybe she's going to go see him and like Gremlins. She like finds his dead body and then yeah. Gremlins attack her. And then Gremlins, yeah. and then suddenly Gremlins, and then the Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they Gremit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think it's like a lot of classic horror movie trope. Oh, totally. Chaos and and bloodshed. Yeah. But in a in a family friendly way. Yeah. And again, every and uh, the people triumph, and um, Gizmo is like, "Oh my god, this! I, I need a vacation from this vacation. Yeah, from this vacation. Yeah, <laughs> it's baby reaction shot. It is. It's a lot of Gizmo reaction shot. Oh, I love they brought Gizmo. the dog too, and the dog's fine. Oh, the dog's totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a therapy dog at this point. Yeah, seriously, they, they need this dog around. Um, I think maybe Billy's dad dies. Yeah, right? Because he's like, I mean, One I of the he, adults it wasn't should. his fault here. No, but I think he like, maybe he finally makes himself useful in some way and like sacrifices himself. Maybe he saves uh, baby's sister. Um. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I like that. Because like, he doesn't do a lot, so he gets to do something, but some of the adults have to bite it. Um, and baby's parents are too delightful. Um. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, Maybe no we can kill off um, Neil Kellerman. Neil Kellerman. Who is um, oh, the yeah, nephew. Oh, yeah. Dorky Neil. He's real schmarmy. Yeah. I'm trying to think what's like the good way to, to do that. He's like practicing pickup lines in the mirror or something. Yeah. Or like trying to build his confidence or, or talking about how he's been a nice guy and nobody pays attention yeah, to him. Yeah, exactly. And then a, and a, then a gremlin like, I don't know, electrocutes him or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, some dumb because he's dumb. Uh, but yeah, I feel, but you know, it's not dumb is this crossover. No, I think we have done a great job bringing these two very different movies together. In a in a joyful lift in the middle of a yeah, lake. exactly. As the Yay, crowd Gizmo. cheers. Yay. You did it. Gizmo. No, not, not back in the lake, no, Gizmo. No. You've had the time of your life. <laughs> no, you've had the time of your life, Gizmo. It's true. He's never felt this way before. No. He, well, he felt this way pretty similarly. That's true. Last like time. Like six months ago. Yeah. He's probably getting pretty tired of feeling he's this like, way, actually. I need to go back to my little box yeah. in that store. That's the only safe place for yeah. me. And I owe it all to you. Yeah. So no thanks. No thanks, guys. 
He, he, this time he leaves Billy on his terms. Yeah, exactly. He's like, Billy, He's like, you're, you're not, you're worth not it. ready for this. You're not ready for this responsibility. Um, but hey, if people want to uh, go spend some time in the Catskills, Annie, yeah, uh, or Catskills adjacent media, yeah, um, why don't you talk to me about some Dirty Dancing recs? Um, so even though, again, as we said, Dirty Dancing is the best dance musical movie. Um, mm-hmm. This will extend your dance musical oh, wow, movie. This is fun. a long list. I know. I, I had to stop myself. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have Fame, which is a musical movie about teens at a performing arts high school in New York City. Um, also real gritty. Um, there's Footloose about a town where kids aren't allowed to dance and a guy who dances up a rebellion. He's a, he's a, a gremlin in tap shoes. Yeah. He's, <laughs> That's not a nice way to talk about Kevin Bacon. No. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin. You're, you can be what in whatever gremlin you want. Exactly. Uh, there's Flashdance about a steel worker who auditions for ballet school. Um, there's Grease, about, uh, based on the stage musical, about a bad boy and a good girl who fall in love over the summer and struggle to keep a, the love alive when the school year starts again. Another one that's, that has some sneaky pregnancy issues popping up in well, there. Both, and sexual autonomy, too. Oh, there's yeah. stuff. I think um, Dirty Dancing handles it much better. Yeah. But, yeah. like, Grease is another one that's, like, you watch it at, you know, like fourth or fifth grade sleepovers mm-hmm. um but yeah I and think... i think the original musical of greece handles it all much more straight on and Do then they? yeah it got it's, i haven't so, seen the the stage version they they hadn't done the stage version in forever because they did the stage version and then the movie came out and, and they were just a lot of it and then version. they did the movie version and then uh, a theater company uh, american theater company in chicago about five or maybe five to ten years ago um did the original Grease. Mm. And it's like, there's a few more songs in it. It's a lot more body and Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think they go into like, I Rizzo that, has an abortion. I think... It's closer. Really? Not, it is oh, at least more frankly discussed, I believe. Oh. I, believe. I, I didn't see the production. Oh, but. well, interesting, Grease. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, if you like your, your pre-Roe v. Wade yeah, go, musicals, go seek it out. out. <laughs> Um, there's Magic Mike about a male stripper in Florida uh, starring Channing Tatum, who has way more charm and talent than he has any right to. Mm-hmm. Um, also surprisingly gritty. Like yeah. this this goes real dark um, mm-hmm. while also doing the fun dancing and And, and there's swimmies. our Magic Mike episode. Yeah. So you can cross that over with um, out, um, Highlander. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was a good one. God, so many beefy dudes. Yeah, right? That was a real good episode <laughs> for beefy dudes. <laughs> Um, There's Step Up, also starring Channing Tatum, about a dancer from the streets who teams up with a classically trained dancer. And that that definitely has the dirty dancing vibe of, like, two people who have to dance together who maybe don't get along and end up falling in love. But, like, the the acting and the story is not as great in that, but, like, still fun. Yeah. It's a formula that works. Exactly. Um, There's The Commitments, about a soul band in Ireland in the 1980s, 90s? 90s, 90s, yeah. Um, there's less dancing here, more singing, um, but just as awesome. And yeah. it's a really phenomenal movie. And Maria Doyle Kennedy's in it. Oh, she's so great. Oh, I love S. you, Maria Doyle Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, also Maria Doyle Kennedy, but oh, she yeah. does not sing in this, which is horrible. Yeah. Um, Sing Street, also set in Dublin about a boy who puts together a band in the 1980s. Um, the drive it like you stole it scene is pure dirty dancing. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's Hairspray, about a plus-sized teen who gets on a local televised dance show and fights for integration. And uh, there's Dream Girls, also set in the 1960s, about the highs and lows of a Motown girl group a la The Supremes. Mm-hmm. Um, Good choices all. Thank you. Yeah, and, and those are all real fun movies, so yeah. check them out. Yeah. I feel like these are both movies that are very much about 
movies or like the, the, the about fi- performance they are movie movies so yeah. i feel like the recommendations are almost all movies oh totally as, as well um they're very kinetic in their own ways yeah um, yeah i was thinking about like what books would i recommend for dirty dancing and like i'm sure there are a lot more in the romance genre but i don't yeah. read a lot of romance oh, so that's i true. like if you have romance recommendations for books that are like dirty dancing shout them out absolutely um but yeah i was like that's not my category so sure um, well, for Gremlins, again, it's a it's a, a movie movie, so uh, I have some brief categories. Um, for other stuff by Joe Dante, um, he's a bonkers filmmaker, and he's fun and does crazy stuff. Um, I personally like Gremlins too, so if you watch Gremlins and enjoyed it, but felt like you might maybe wanted some Gremlins to have electro electricity powers or be dressed up like ladies, um, go watch Gremlins too. Uh, it is again a Tex Avery cartoon come to life. Um, another movie that he did that I feel like is legitimately good instead of just campy good is Matinee. Um, about Which one is that? it's about a small town uh, movie theater, and it's sort of Roger Corman. I it's feel like, like I a, remember that. It's, it's like a horror movie. It's at set, the movies. Yeah, it's set during the Cold War, and it's about like B movies, basically. Yeah. Um, and I it, I, to- I was thinking about that one like months ago, and I was like, yeah. I I feel like I have this fever dream of a memory, but I couldn't. I was like, it's a movie about some movie. About B movies, yeah, like it's it's really good. I remember watching it when I was a little kid and not getting it and not understanding. I thought it was going to be a B movie, like a B style movie about like giant monsters, because that was how it was advertised. Because it's about people making a creature feature um, with like little features like the things that scratch the backs of your legs and the chairs uh. and all that sort of thing or like the seats that buzz um but yeah it's very fun and it's joe dante being a little more reined in and traditional um and that's saying I, something because i feel like this movie was real weird oh yeah yeah it's definitely weird but it has a pretty clear narrative thread to it um and then there's erie indiana the television series from the 90s oh, yeah which he was a creative consultant on oh. and which was created by Jose Rivera, who's an amazing playwright, which oh, wow. I did not realize until I was looking this up today. Um, I, I remember, I don't remember much about that show, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, it was like what, it was like TV Goosebumps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it was great. Um, and then for more Dark Christmases, uh, there is the original first slasher film, uh, Black Christmas, which is the the call is coming from inside the house movie, the sorority sisters stuck in a house with a killer movie, and is also weirdly feminist, or at least as feminist as a as a slasher movie can get. Um, the way that it treats its female characters and the agency that it grants is kind of fascinating to see, especially considering how quickly slasher movies became a dumping ground for women being treated terribly. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to see this like first slasher movie um, have a kind of almost feminist agenda to it. Um, there is Bad Santa, which uh, stars Billy Bob Thornton, and he refuses to watch it. Yep. Um, I love it. It's delightful. I I refuse to watch it because I feel like it's going to make me feel sad about Christmas. I don't think it does that. It is, again, uh, a movie that I feel like, much like Gremlins, has a very sneaky heart underneath uh, it. It is very cynical, but it has I, one of the greatest smash cuts in movie history eh. um, that involves Billy Bob Thornton beating up a bunch of kids. Eh. Um, it's really well done. I, I won't go to bat for it if it's not your cup of tea because yeah. it's definitely very happily misanthropic. I think, um, for me, Elf fills that role where it's like it's he's in a world where people are like down on Christmas and mm-hmm. he like convinces everyone to be joyous. Yeah. Bad Santa is definitely 
grimmer than Elf. Oh, yeah. Elf is like a little ray of sunshine. <laughs> like, I think I, I resisted seeing Elf for a while because I thought it was going to make fun of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, no, it actually wants you to love Christmas, too. Yeah. I don't um, think Bad Santa is not that. I think it it weirdly does. It doesn't want to admit it, but it does. Um, it also, I mean, I'm pretty positive that it is not a movie that has aged great. Yeah. Uh, but if you feel if if you feel like it will be your cup of tea, it's a really good example of that form of movie. Um, and then for the darkest Christmas movie of all, why not watch Home Alone? The movie about a sociopathic child who lures two unsuspecting men into yeah. his den of horrors Yay. and proceeds to dismantle them bodily piece <laughs> by piece. Um, for sort of friendly spooks, uh, movies that are that are kind of fun and spooky but not terrifying or other media, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Hey, why not go watch some old Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes? Yeah, some of those are creepy. They could be very... The Ghastly Grinner, I think, is an all-time uh, an all-time terrifying one. Um, yeah, there are some really, really good ones that have continued to stick with me. Um, there's the Twilight Zone movie, um, especially the two segments, It's a Good Life, um, which is based on a, the Twilight Zone episode of the same name. And that segment was directed by Joe Dante. Um, and also uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which features a gremlin or as you oh, know, yeah. basically uh and was directed I mean, by George Miller. Oh wow. Um so it's like it's Mad Max in the sky yeah. with John Lithgow. Um, wow. Yeah, he's the main guy. Oh man. Um, Good so job, yeah. John Lithgow. Yeah, it's a really uh the Twilight Zone movie is a pretty well done um anthology film and like it's mostly because it's adapting some of the best episodes of Twilight Zone that ever existed. Um but yeah, it has a sort of tragic making of story, but it's uh it's worth a watch. Um there's Poltergeist, which was another movie I watched way too young. I think that was the first movie that was like a movie Little Walt probably shouldn't have watched but did and loved. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Poltergeist. I think it rides the spooky fun line very well. Uh, and I have then, never seen that because I think I would be oh, too scared. It, It's possible. However, yeah. we're for my last recommendation in this category, we're moving to the Annie side of that coin yeah. with Jaws. And I like that like my, I was going to argue that it's less scary because I'm like, well, obviously it's less Is scary it? because sharks are real. Uh-huh. And then it's like, no, Annie, that makes it scarier. <laughs> Um, but also sharks are magnificent mm-hmm. and in their terror mm-hmm. versus and they like, you know, that if you're in the water, like that's their domain versus I, like I'm watching TV. That's I just want to watch. I love Lucy. Like, I will say Poltergeist legitimately did not haunt like stick with me. Yeah. In the way that scary movies always, always do. Yeah. I remember watching Poltergeist as a kid, really enjoying it. Being like sort of spooked by it, but not like having nightmares about I mean, it, being terrified. I was it. a little spooked by Hocus Pocus, mm-hmm. so I, I think the, my threshold is real. I low. put them on the same level. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then for adventure movies from the eighties and nineties, um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom would be the Indiana Jones movie that I think is closest to Gremlins. Yeah, and, and, it and also, it's racism. Yep, it also has a lot of exoticism and problematic elements. Um, similarly, The Goonies. Um, not as much problematic stuff, but it's there if you look for it. And Corey Feldman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. And Stand By Me as well. Oh, um, yeah. Would, I would say like those are like the teen boy mix. Yeah. And then um, sort of recommendation for if you want to watch a movie that you know is going to be bad, but that you're going to love uh, if you're ready for it is the, is the Monster Squad. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I feel like that's actually the closest recommendation. It's a really, really good recommendation for Gremlin. If you liked Gremlins but want something even dumber and even more borderline offensive, um, watch Borderline? 
no offensive. Watch a movie where all of the universal horror movie monsters get together to terrorize a bunch of kids that involves Dracula calling one of their houses and using the uh, alias Dr. Alucard <laughs> um, in order to, to sneak his way in. And then also Wolfman gets kicked in the, in the nards, and it's a big thing. Um, so yeah, Monster Squad. Um, I think that um, Stranger Things is actually also mm, something I'd recommend. That is a good one. Like, it it's definitely more serious than gremlins but mm-hmm. like i feel like the way the kids it, kind of approach the the monster factor feels very gremlinsy yeah and i'm sure there are a lot of shout outs specifically to gremlins and oh totally things, but i'm sure they're well documented on the internet somewhere yeah. but yeah that's a really good poll thank you um do that one too oh yeah um, well, hey, Annie, if people have other uh, or want to see this li- this comprehensive list of dance movies and adventure movies and 90s yeah. movies, where can they find information? Um, they can find all of our cross- crossover appeal content, including the show notes at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, and if you think that we have forgotten anything or you have some great romance novels that you want to recommend oh, to yeah. us, you can email them to us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to talk about how Gremlins made you afraid to go out in the world um you can share it at our facebook group um or page i can never remember which one it is I think exactly it's a group. is it because so. people don't have to people can no, just, it's probably a page i think it's a page yeah. um so yeah join our fa- facebook page at crossover appeal podcast mm-hmm. um you can tweet us your favorite gifts of patrick swayze lifting jennifer gray or yeah. the two of them laughing at each other and being adorable patrick swayze being shirtless oh yeah there's That's a lot of that too. one. That is fine too. Um, at <laughs> you can tweet those to us at crossover appeal. Um, and most importantly, you can subscribe on iTunes and like yes, rate please. and review because we really like that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, how we'll become just as timeless as these two fine films. That's true. It'll be the time of our lives. Oh, when we've we never read felt your this review. Way. We will never have felt that way before. Yeah. Right. No matter how many stars you give us, it's exactly. going to be a unique experience. Right. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, uh, thank you very much for hanging out with our 80s extravaganza and revisiting our nostalgia for various genres of movie. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with another delightful crossover um, that we pull from the mysterious media void. Um, but in the meantime, have a wonderful evening. Um, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Thank you.